From the pages of the Salt Lake Tribune, straight to your earphones, this is Tribune Sports Radio. Please hang up and try again. It's hot. It's hot. Welcome to the podcast. Chris Camrani, Kevin Winter Morris. Kevin Winter Plural. About time. Plural. Why never? So awesome. It's a tricky one. Let's be fair. It's really not. I do like Chamo, though. Yeah, Chamo's. You have one of the best nicknames. That's a great nickname. That's fine. K Winmo throws me off. Didn't Billy Oak come up with that one? On my hockey jersey, I have Winmo. And so after a game, a guy comes up and is like, oh, I get it. Like, you want to win more. I was like, no, it's actually my two last games. <laughs> he was like, oh, he was pretty disappointed. I was like, no, I'm not that arrogant. What's it? Yeah. But, you know, kind of San Francisco winning the, uh, the, uh, the World Series had to have been a pretty good sports moment for you. Yeah, but that's not work. Yeah. That's like me getting to stand in my living room and stress out while, while my girlfriend, like, refreshes her instagram account because she's not interested in what's going on that's like that's like the extent of what it was like digesting my frozen burrito that i ate wolf down like a couple hours before some chips you know did you have on the giants hat giants jersey no no i don't have a giants jersey and i actually actually left my giants hat in california the last time i was home so the only giants hat that was in the house was the her hat that she doesn't wear that often did wear like a yarmulke so it was like no, it was like she had to wear it because you know she, she started wearing it more. I think I think she started wearing it actually when the Giants won the play-in game against the Pirates, and then I said, you know, that's the lucky hat because obviously baseball is the most superstitious, right. yeah, superstitious sport. So I just made her wear a hat for like so twenty-nine days in a row on the couch, checking Instagram with her Giants hat on. Pretty much. Nice. Unimpressed. Well, that's no but different. But sometimes impressed. Yeah, that's no different in my house. Like, I watched the Jazz game last night, and Aaron was on Facebook for, what, three and a half quarters. Yeah. But right. Were, were, but, were but you that's yelling not at the TV, the or were you just kind of like, oh. I was sneering at the TV. Hi, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. yeah. I like looking at him. He's an interesting-looking man. Yeah. But I, I, I give him credit because most guys that big don't actually look like they're somewhat filled out. But he looks like he's getting there. Yeah, he doesn't have that like uh, Akeem, the Dream Olajuwon kind of lanky look. He looks like a man. He looks like a man. He looks I like an exaggerated man. Yeah, I mean, like guys that tall, you assume that like they're just flailing elbows and knees and stuff. Well, I, but he's scary. I mean, like, I mean, like he's scary in that like if he wanted to, he could pick you up and probably stuff you in a basketball hoop. Would you, uh, you not me? Definitely I don't, not. I don't, think, definitely I don't think he can bench uh, 270. He'd have know, to catch me though. He'd have to catch me, and, and I would just do the side to side thing, and just. But he'd like with like one an swipe. alligator. Where no, no, it'd be like run. a it'd be like a grizzly bear, you know, where you're like and like just one swipe, grab me by my hair, pull my hair off my scalp, throw me in the basketball hoop, and go go to Cafe Rio or something. So basically, you need to get X him to catch you, and then uh, yeah, pretty Rudy's much. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's a two for yeah. That's for one camaraderie. That's the ta- <laughs> they would be a great tag team in would- in WWE. Could you imagine? I mean, like what kind of They'd pretty. They'd pretty much. They'd pretty much cover like every like versatile like angle because Dante's is ex- extremely fast, insanely athletic. Gobert is just like Gobert is Kane when Kane like comes out uh-huh. to with his, with his music. The fire comes out, yeah, yeah. and he just gets in the ring and just starts grabbing people and throwing them together and throwing them over the over the ropes. 
Jerry the King's just freaking out. <laughs> we de- we devolved how, to we devolved to wrestling would it be way a too much. Tables and chairs with Exum, the uh, the Thunder from Down Under. Where's Rudy from? He's from uh, France. He's from France. Yeah. Okay, so we've trying to think. I don't I don't know if there was any. I don't, I've never saw a ladder of tables and chairs in tag team. But I would love to see Rudy just reaching out from the turnbuckle trying to get XM to tag him in. Oh, totally. If he could just, yeah, he oh, could yeah. just do it. Yeah, corners yeah. of the yeah. ring. Yeah. You know, no, like, totally. If Dante was in trouble, <laughs> Rudy would just go calmly like, boop, oh. flip his hand out. I watched uh, an atrocious documentary over Christmas. It was called I Am Santa Claus and had Mick, uh, Mick Oh, Mick Foley? Foley? Yeah. Awesome. And it was talking about these different Santa Claus and how these professional guys, there's professional Santa Claus. And they have... Yeah. The real beard Santa societies, and there's like three or four of them just here in North America. And one of them, one is, uh, I guess, Mick, uh, you know, uh, Mankind. He's a huge Christmas fan. So they take him into his house, and, you know, he's done well enough with wrestling where he's got a room. Where does he live? I would imagine he lives somewhere funny in like Kentucky or Tennessee. No, or I something. think I want to say he lived like in just like central New Jersey. So, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. probably <laughs> Still funny. decent, right. ta- yeah. decent yeah. tax codes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was great watching these different Santas because some of them, you know, that work the Macy's in, uh, in off, off of Fifth Avenue, you know, like they get put up in hotel rooms, you know, like suites. Uh, they have this, these great gigs where, you know, they they're, they go down there, they're treated like celebrities. Oh, yeah. And then you have some backwater guys that, you know, are working the circuit outside of El Paso, Texas, you know, where <laughs> they're sharing a Motel 6 with like three other elves, you yeah. know, and it's just... <laughs> Well, it's ironic you bring this up because for the first time ever this year, I watched Miracle on 34th Street. What did you think? Uh, not the old one, the oh, new okay. one. Uh, the new uh, one. Okay. What, I mean, right. it was it was still fun. It was you know, um, uh, you know, the the mom was uh, the wife from Flintstone movies. That's that's oh, how um, I, I make that connection. Penelope something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, then then obviously Santa Claus is uh, Jurassic Park owner. So that was interesting. Richard Attenborough. Richard Attenborough, yeah. Who recently passed away yeah, in uh, right. 2014. Yeah, and then the little girl is the girl from Matilda and Mrs. Doubtfire. She's great. Yeah, so I mean, it was good. And then... Is that the one where they go before the judge and they yeah, say... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I declare Yeah, exactly. Santa, is, yeah, Santa it's potentially Claus. real. And then I watched Bad Santa, which I've seen, which is something we can't get into too much, but which is an amazing movie. If you, have you seen it? Oh, I've seen oh, yeah. Bad Santa okay. a few times. Okay, Bad Santa's an amazing movie. I have such a hard time with Billy Bob Thornton because when the first time I ever saw him in a movie was in Sling Blade. Oh, know? yeah. And <laughs> I, Forever ruined. He's been typecast yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> French fried potatoes. Yeah, no. Mm, I like you, boy. <laughs> mm, French fried potatoes. And then I know the whole thing with him and John Ritter. John Ritter playing the gay character, which was, he was fantastic in that movie. Yeah, that was his last movie. Yeah. You know what sucked about John Ritter's passing? Well, in a, in a way, obviously he died prematurely, way too young and stuff like that. But when he had died, uh, they were talking about his family and the connection he's made, uh, you know, all throughout Hollywood and just what an all-around general good guy he was. Uh, but the same day that he died, so did uh, Charles Bronson. Whoa. And so they died on the same day. And caught, you want to talk about being caught on the bad end of a media day is that, you know, uh, El Bruto got very little coverage that day, even though, you know, if you've watched any of the Death Witches or the Magnificent Sevens. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. You know, Charles Bronson was, he was amazing, That's you know? That's crazy. Yeah, just, I always got Charles Bronson confused with the guy who played Columbo. Oh, uh, for no, for no Tully apparent. Savalas? Tully Savalas? For no apparent reason. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, no loves you, baby. And he was the, uh, he's the grandpa on Princess Bride t- who tells Peter the Falk. story. No, no, it's him. Colombo is the, is the grandpa in, in Princess Bride. Yeah, isn't Peter it? Falk. Oh, okay. That's the guy's name. Oh, I. Okay. Because uh, so I. Just, no, yeah. No. 
It's not Columbo. Columbo. Peter is. Falk is the character, is the grandpa in The Princess Bride, and Telly Savalas was the guy who played. Um, uh, he's, uh, you know. Wait, you know, Peter Falk was not. No, yeah, Peter Falk was Columbo. Yeah, Peter Who's Falk Telly was Telly Savalas. I have no. Oh, Telly Savalas. Oh, Kojak. Kojak. Yeah. Kojak. Yeah, my apologies. Yes, yeah. you're That's, right. Yes, yeah, you guys, you guys are messing with me, man. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Now, okay. I can at least see it now. Because I was like, Telly Savalas doesn't have hair. And Charles Bronson had hair. I mean, he had a, he had a, oh, he yeah. had quite the mop up top. Yeah, he had And a, then that mustache. You didn't mess bullet. with, you oh, didn't right. mess with him. Well, what's Although I, I don't think, I think that there were significant, in that era, I think that there were significantly more intimidating movie Heavies. Bad dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like the heavies were more yeah. heavy than they are nowadays. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, Steven Seagal, um, who was a little bit after Bronson, but uh, kind of that same era. Under, yeah, Chuck Under Norris. Siege, man. Under no, Siege was one of the first rated R movies I saw. Steven Seagal in that culinary outfit. Yeah. Just messing it's, dudes it, up. Yep. Just so do you remember the movie that he was in when he played, uh, he was up in Alaska, you know, obviously protecting, you know, the uh, Native people's rights yeah. up there and stuff like that. And I he don't. had that huge coat that was like some sort of massively embroidered rug that was on there. I'll figure it My out. sister and I were in uh, Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas and we were uh, On Deadly Ground? On Deadly Ground. He yeah. was the same coat from that. So he had just finished filming that. So my sister T and I were wandering around Caesar's Palace just screwing, screwing off and stuff like that. And as we were going up an escalator, coming down an escalator, was Steven Seagal. And you look at him, and first and foremost, he's a massive man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 6'2". This guy's got to be 6'3"-ish. He's, you know, big, wide, and stuff like that. Anyway, so as the escalators are going up, and we're kind of meeting at the intersection between the two of them, my sister looks at me and says in the loudest voice possible, he goes, you should take a swing at him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, Steven Skull turns around and winks at my sister. And there was this part where, like, oh, I'm good with that. You know? <laughs> you, I mean, at the time, it was Steven Seagal, because Under Siege was bad to the bone. That was a great movie. He's Under listed Siege, at 6'4". Under Siege, but on deadly ground, Michael Caine, John C. McGinley, and Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, so Fred Frog. We, we've come full circle. Yeah, he, he's Fred Fred uh, well. Um, uh, who was it in Under Siege with them? The oh, was Gary Busey. Yeah, Gary Busey. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. Uh, he's That's had a some great go- movie. Yeah, he had some. It's got seventy five on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that Certified Fresh? <laughs> well, I'm just asking. What is? <laughs> no, is wait, is 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 rotten? No, green tomatoes is that soup place that people like, right? Or yes. Sweet yeah. tomatoes. Sorry, right. sweet tomatoes. Yeah, that's a local delicacy here in the Utah Valley. People are like, Solid is this Valley. a sports podcast? Yeah, of course it isn't. Was uh, what's we have to think of one? Uh, sure, beating people up. That I mean, it's mm. MMA before. Well, MMA. you know, if you want to talk about great holidays, so you you saw Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. You know, like the two greatest. Uh, Christmas movies have very little to do with Santa Claus. It's Christmas course, Vacation. No. Uh, Rudolph. No. Lethal um, Weapon. No. <laughs> Die Hard. Die, that that to me, let's let's. Oh, I you mean, saying that's? that's a co- a, a I mean, it's it's out? it's just kind of like a thing. You know what I mean? I think it's stretching a little bit. So the McGruffin, obviously, to get uh, John McClane into the Nakanishi pa- uh, Towers. Nakatomi. Nakatomi. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, North Severe county <laughs> um siever yeah siever kevin winter like morris kevin winter morris um but yeah you have to take a christmas to get him out there and stuff like that but you know like the, the when he gets the one german bad guy that was a great era where a bad guy you could get you, you could just put a german <laughs> terrorist and people bought it you know well i mean it, he was more like a, a glorified bank robber i yeah. mean let's be well, honest. i mean yeah i mean 
Yeah, and I think you think to Lethal Weapon, it's like the only thing Christmassy about that movie I remember is when he's in his trailer, wasted, and I think Frosty the Snowman is on the mm-hmm. TV, and then after he jumps off the roof with that guy, mm-hmm. Sergeant Murtaugh gets so Murtaugh. mad and he pulls him into the he pulls him into the Christmas tree. St- oh no no no, sorry, the R- Christmas R- tree R- lot scene. That, right. that yeah 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 that that's end. epic. Yeah, and at the very end, yeah when um when they drive the car through the through the house, the house. and hit the Christmas tree, and then. You know, there's a fight in the water. Well, that, that fight was one of my favorites I've ever because one reason it's like so they basically get Gary Busey, who has been on a killing spree, you know, terrorizing Los Angeles for the last week or so as they're working on this case and stuff like that. Anyway, so Mel Gibson looks at Gary Busey and then says, You want a shot at you the You want title? a shot at the title? <laughs> so, just like amazing. Realm. <laughs> well, I mean, t- I think if my memory serves, they were both you know special forces yeah. guys in vietnam uh-huh. and they were crack shots and apparently one you know had hand had, hand you know yeah. lethal weapons yeah, lethal weapons. yeah no it's yeah man i mean i guess i'm a home alone guy myself when it comes to christmas first movies. one's great first one's great second yeah. one is not eh, second one's okay uh, it's just i hate to use the john maloney uh, joke but it's like how could it be lost in new york when it's on a grid system <laughs> you know, and it doesn't it doesn't hurt either that much like salt lake city with the grid system there's enough that's landmarks true. that's around true that's you true really get empire state building but there is one of the best movies about being lost in new york city was quick baby's change. day out no it was quick change with bill murray and randy uh quaid did you ever mm, see that i haven't uh it's a great film they uh it's a bank robbery movie oh no this looks awesome so the bank robbery itself goes off without a hitch getting out of new york city becomes the problem you know and gina so, davis oh she's great in it tony shalhoub Tony Stanley Sh- Tucci, Phil Hartman. You've never seen this? What no. movie is this? Oh, it's called Quick Change. Quick Change. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, either. it's it's delightful. And it's Bill Murray before Bill Murray became this Bill Murray that we know today. Yeah. It was 1990 Bill Murray. Yeah. Wow. Kind of understated, much like uh, Phil from uh, Groundhog's Day. Okay. Kinda. And uh, Gina Davis is just wonderful. And I think she just came off of Thelma and Louise. And so she had, and then Randy Quaid, this is before he was doing Home Invasion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I you know we should have taken that movie uh, Independence Day as a roadmap to what was going to happen to Randy Quaid. I think that was some sort of method acting that actually just flying, it. just flying kamikaze style, just into just into a giant alien ship. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. I I was not a big fan of Independence Day. I, I there was so much hype about that movie. I just it no. There's a great no. come on man. There's a great line in that movie though. Which Welcome is, to Earth. He punches the alien, knocks him out, and he says, "Welcome to yes. Earth." Yes. All right. I'll, okay, come I'll on. give you that. There is, but there's one line in the movie towards the end of it as they're finally composing, you know, their final battle scheme to take down all these ships and stuff like that. And so they're using like uh, telegraphs and radios to communicate from around the world. Morse and stuff. code. Yeah, and so you've got the Brits, you got the Brits and uh, a bunch of Middle Eastern armies kind of uh, conglomerated yeah, yeah. at an Air Force base and stuff. And this British officer, in the most British voice you could ever ask for, he goes, Oh, it's from the Americans. It's about time. You know, the Americans have done it. <laughs> it's, a, it's just the whole idea, like they've been sitting on the, it was the most pro American line in a movie I've ever seen. It's like the rest of the world was waiting with bated breath before the <laughs> Americans come up with a plan to actually save the planet from some interstellar ETs with ray guns. See, that? those were the good old days of movies. Uh, it, was, it was definitely you, a good movie. You're right. Well, you, you talked about you just put a German guy and make him the bad guy. Well, you had the Russians. I mean, that was just. Well, now that's the, that's you the were, fodder. Now you were well back back be, 
you know, late 80s, even kind of early 90s, that was – you were guaranteed. You were guaranteed a winner. Who would make – You what, had the what, hunt for Red October. What sports figure now would make the best movie villain? So let's contextualize it. How about the best Bond villain? Ooh. Let's do that instead. That's uh, mm. that's a legitimate question. Finally, yeah. I'd say Alex Rodriguez would be a great Bond villain. I think. Ah, uh, he's too meatheady. Well, I mean, he can. I mean, he doesn't need to be the the, you know, the top. No, but it would be. I, mean, I don't know, man. Bond villains tough. There aren't many crossover. Yeah. Tom Brady. Tom Brady would I think could be a he good one. He fits the bill. Yeah. You know, he fits the bill with the good looks Secret and kind of a quarterback. Personality. Secretly wants to take over the world. Peyton Manning. Shh, come no, he, on, man. Peyton Manning's the uh, the sidekick for a great Bond movie. He'd be the uh, American CIA agent that uh, Bond hooks up with at a fish market in San Francisco. That's they're true. Trying to get. Yeah, and they're trying to like formulate a plan. Yeah. yeah. Peyton's driving around yeah. in his Buick. Peyton. Peyton is. Peyton is the guy working at the the crab shack, dressed you know in his gear with his gloves Ooh, and he's I, pretending. I got a great second tier <laughs> Bond villain though. How about Manny Ramirez? Yeah. You know, Manny could be the uh, not the not the the, the 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 kingpin, but one of the great henchmen. Henchmen, yeah. yeah. The odd job, as it were. Odd job. You know, yeah. a, 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 the jaws. Random you know? random task, as <laughs> Austin Powers would. Colin Kaepernick might be able to pull it off. Colin used to Colin used to look legit with that f- with the Pharaoh uh, yeah, goatee, but that kind of right. that kind of uh, evolved into a just a beard. So, Cheryl swoops. Cheryl Swoops, the women's basketball coach at Loyola University Chicago. Really? Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. When'd she get the nod? Uh, I believe that this is her second season. Are they good? Uh, no. No. Are they D one? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come on, Cheryl. Yeah. Men's basketball team won the n- national championship in '63. Yeah. No, oh. men's basketball. Only school in Illinois to ever win the national title. Man. Illinois never won? Nope. I'm really concerned. Even when Darren Williams was there? Yep. Wow. They lost yeah. to North Carolina in the national championship. Is that game. what it was? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, you know, you got, got a little bit of we would, some it, sports in there for great, you. It would be great for us to put together some sort of feature on the show, which would be just alumni report. You know, and it's because, you know, Chris went to the U, but it has, you know, it wouldn't be talking about Chris Hill and what's happening with Coach Witt. It's just more like, like uh, you know, kind of get, he gets to summarize what's going on with his boys and girls. You know. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not good at that. We have actual reporters who could do that. That's they, true. You need to get them on the next podcast. No, we, I I would just I would just find the most random, inane stuff that I find interesting to try to share with people. That's speed skating, maybe. Uh, maybe maybe speed skating. Maybe. Are we talking uh, long track or short track? Uh, just all of it, man. All of it. Just all all of it. Short track's pretty cool. Short track is, is, is yeah, the no, it's sports. We're going. We're talking before uh, just for the you know, the seven listeners right now. Hi, mom. Um, <laughs> about uh, uh, speed skating and stuff like that. But watching the short track during the winter games, I mean, that really is some of the most exciting. What minutes? Forty-seven seconds. Oh yeah, and people are just. I went actually. I actually went ice skating. I mean, that's this is a kind of a, a, what are these called? A diversion. Yeah, uh, but peripheral um, tangent. tangent. Yeah, I went ice skating and I thought of you, Kevin, because you're an ice, you're a hockey player, and I forgot how much fun ice skating is. But then I saw so many people hit the ice so hard, and I said, I'm glad I'm not a bad ice skater anymore because I don't want to hit, I don't want to hit the ice that hard. Where'd you go? Uh, at the Midway Ice Rink, the oh, outdoor nice. ice rink. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of like high school kids showing off for girls. 
Right. So like they're the kids that like almost when they fall, their skate would come up and just kind of hit your femoral artery. And then <laughs> right. That, then that yeah. would be that would be the end of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just trying to impress some some high school chicks. So. You know, if we were to all stand up and just like uh, kick our legs out and land on our backsides and stuff like that, we would be in excruciating, excruciating pain. But somehow, when you're ice skating, that your body, your, your mind sort of wraps around the idea. Like, man, it's an inherently dangerous uh, activity. Oh yeah, it's did, absurd. Did you, uh, did you eat ice at all? No. no, no, no. Surprisingly, how sore were your knees afterward? They weren't that bad. I mean, I. For some reason or not, when I grew up in the Bay Area, there was always an ice rink by our house, and we, and we used to go there all the time. So for some reason, I don't know why, we I went ice skating a lot as a kid with, you know, cousins and friends. And, and you don't really forget it. It's kind of well, yeah. and and it it goes hand in hand with rollerblading. Yeah. Man, this is such a funny podcast. It's I the just, most, it's I just, the most podcasty of the podcast. I just need to like get my um, what's his name. From this American Life voice going, oh, uh, oh, Ira Glass. Ira Glass. I need to get that voice going a little bit. So you guys talking all, working on. Yeah. Having uh, grew up in Vegas, there was one ice rink in the place, and it was at the uh, Santa Fe Casino. And uh, the problem is, it was so far from our house, we never went. So ice skating, growing up in the desert. Now I'm, I'm, I, I assume they just hand out ice skating rinks to every new home purchase down there. But you know, it's, uh, uh, you're, they're supposed to get some. They're talked that Vegas is going to get some snow. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Did it ever snow when you lived there? It, it snowed like once every three years. Like a skiff? Like oh, nothing. Yeah. It, would, it would be gone in a minute. But it was also one of those things because we, uh, growing up, we lived close to an elementary school that had like a big field out there, which is really almost across the street from the house. And I remember whenever it did snow, my mom would be like, go outside and play in it because you want to see this. Go roll in the wet dirt. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, and so you'd be running around the snow, you know, in shorts and, a, you know, a light windbreaker yeah. at them. Yeah. You know, but. I don't miss that part of that. I don't miss uh, I don't miss the rain because you know not to we were having fun and stuff like that. But every time it rained in Las Vegas, it's people always got hurt, you know, because they're Torrential not torrential downpours. Well, you, first off, you get flash flooding in a town that's not supposed to have more than. I think Vegas could safely accommodate twenty thousand people, but you know when you're looking at three million people, it's just you know yeah. between the water rights and how they develop the place, it doesn't work out. And uh, so anytime it rained, you would like we had uh, growing up on a street called Lindell. We used to call it Lake Lindell because. There was a, sort of like a, probably an old riverbed or an old dry creek there and it would collect in front of the house and it would be, you know, up to your ankle, maybe six, seven inches of water that was not there like seven minutes earlier. Yeah. Which is the crazy part about it. And then, you know, an hour and a half later, it's all gone. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'd rather probably deal with torrential rain than negative, negative. Like today? Negative, yeah. Uh, today was, was – it's, it's, it's not okay. I mean, let's just let's just go out and say it. It's just not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. I'm glad you're to on the be record. A, it's it's not okay to be in a place where the only thing safe to do is to not be outside. <laughs> yeah. And I and I and I've lived here for a while, and I should know by now that it's it's the way it is. But it still catches me by surprise, man. Because that summertime, like you don't even think about it. You're right. like, wow, this place is nice. And it gets a little hot, too hot sometimes. But then, man. Late December, then rolls into January and February, and you start getting cabin fever. It's and you're like, the only thing I can do to like clear my mind is go to the grocery store. No, man. 
that's not okay. Well, we say that the bar business, the worse the, the worse the weather, the better the business because people get that cabin fever so quick. Even that, this cold? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. I, I don't want to go it's, outside. It's the craziest thing. You would, it's so counterintuitive where the road conditions are so bad. The, uh, you know, it's so cold outside. I mean, hopefully you have, like, a nice warm place that you're from, like a nice apartment or house and stuff like that. Right. But they just say, screw that, and then they hop in the cars and drive out. Like, I'm, like, not even mentally ready for New Year's Eve yet. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around oh, what yeah, it's going to be like. Oh, yeah, that's New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Com- yeah, it's tomorrow. tomorrow night. Yeah. Man. I mean, that's my Super Bowl game seven and, you know, gold medal round times Dude. a factor of six. And it's just, you what know, do you What do you do to prepare for that? I, I as, as opposed to you a gotta different hydrate. Honestly, this is really not a joke. Is that, uh, do you have like a meal? Like the oh, way, yeah. the way he, Kevin McAllister does in Home Alone, <laughs> his his Stouffer's mac and cheese? Like, do you have like a, a, a meal that you that you know is going to get you through the night? This is the, the truth of the matter is that I start going to the gym about a week or so. I've been going to the gym for about a week earlier. Just so to you kind don't of get like. Physically yeah. get ready. So for one, yeah. I, ha- I can't be sick. I have yeah. to have my wits about me. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is I need to be physically strong enough to be on my feet for 10 to 11 hours. Uh, I show up to the bar usually in sweatpants or like workout clothes when we're doing the setup, and then I take 15. Oh, you're like a boxer. Very much yeah. like it. You know, yeah. try, you're trying to work up that lather, so yeah. you're kind of getting ready to go into the ring. Yeah. And um, and then when you get into it, you know, you know, the bar business is great because it's it's not free money, but it's really good money for what you do. You know, but there are some concessions that you make. For example, you don't get lunch breaks. You know, and uh, and you deal with probably people in their absolute worst state of existence. But conversely, though, I get to I mean, I guess, I guess absolute worst and maybe absolute best. Exactly. It depends on, what, it depends on what, the, what the magic juice does to them. It falls, but it falls under two categories here. It's like you get people that sort of understand that a bar is a living, breathing organism <laughs> that has mechanics to it and that they can kind of like jump in as one of the sprockets to get the thing moving. Right. And then you have other people that just want to throw – a piece of rebar through it and see if it can crash it all down, you know. And uh, you know, it's like it's not even the fights, and it's not the overconsumption, and it's it's not, it's not the the, the cacophony of the of how everyone acts on that particular night. What it is, it's a sense of entitlement that you get, you know, which is hey, all, like hey, me, yo, yo, yo yeah, yeah, you know, me, you know, yeah, yo, hey, guy, yo, you know, and rattlesnaking, you know, like taking an empty glass with the ice and shaking it into your ear, or even worse, trying to grab you, you know. And like, we gotta, we gotta make a bar where I there's a there's a restaurant where you, they purposely treat you bad. It's we called need, Dicks. Yeah, Dicks yeah, last yeah, resort. Last yeah resort, we, yeah. we need to do we need to do a bar like that. So if anyone acts out, you can you're you're free to do. Yeah, my father no holds barred. My father famously he went to the the, the shame of the back bay in Boston. It was me oh. and my brother Michael, and we're sitting down there. And my brother Michael, who was living in Boston at the time, my father and I had flown out to meet up with him. He was uh, as we're sitting down. My brother's laughing. He's going like, "Pa is not going to get this," you know, <laughs> and. I was I, I didn't understand how bad it was, but the guy basically comes to the table and basically starts throwing. He I think they even tested out like how intense do you want it, you know, like they're kind of giving you an idea. And then there's this part where I was like, oh, bring it to us, like give us the <laughs> treatment and stuff. And it was like, what the f do you want? Who they have Who's having paying for this? Because I need some money up front. I ain't going to be getting you anything. And my father's sitting there. He's ashen white. So <laughs> no one, no one told. What? My father had little to no idea, considering his name was Richard. We said Dick's Dick. Last Resort. It was like, oh, it's a bar for Richards. Yeah, you know. And so he bought that hook, line, that's, and sinker. That's cruel, man. But the, you know, it's it's crazy about New Year's Eve. On that is that you have everyone wants to hit the reset button on the new year, 
you know, essentially at the same time around 10, 11 o'clock. And so there's that sense of entitlement that comes with that, yeah. which is how do you accommodate that? You know, how do you get the drinks out? How do you make sure people are having a good time? How do you provide a safe environment? And uh, at the end of the day, what you have is just a bunch of angry, drunk people that are probably, you know, a little hornier than usual, a little, you know, a little touchier than usual, you know. And man, that's why I stay inside. It's, a, it's yeah. I stay inside, man. It's amateur hour for most people. That day in St. Patrick's, they're the worst two days to be working behind a bar. So did you have someone behind? Is it you and a couple other bartenders, or are you like, no, 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 this is my space? No, no, no. I work I work with a team. You know, and it's I'm lucky because I work with really good people, kind of like here at the Salt Lake Tribune. You know, and so, <laughs> hey, go to Check out all the good work all the reporters yeah. are doing here. Yeah. But I work with uh, I work with uh, peers on this and stuff. You know, and and uh, you know we all know our roles, which is really important. There is that you have a service bartender that accommodates the cocktail waitresses. You have a lead bartender on each of the both bars, and uh, I work as the lead. And then you have a bar back that basically is the, the bartender assistant. You know, they, they're cleaning glasses, fetching ice, getting new fruit, filling up juices, changing kegs, um, basically acting as a runner, you know. And so as long as everyone does their job when you go into it, you're not going to have a lot of success, but you're going to get through the night. You know, like the, the, the old adage is that it's eventually 1 o'clock. It, it always gets to 1 o'clock, no matter what happens you'll get to one o'clock. And the crummy thing on New Year's Eve is that you start praying for one o'clock around three in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that champagne toast is ridiculous. Who would be, who would be the best bar back? Best bar back? Oh, sports wise. Sports. For me, the first person that came to mind would be Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because he'd be, A, he wouldn't take anything from anybody. And he'd probably coach you up, get you really pumped up, maybe hit you in the face a couple times, <laughs> pour some water on the top of your head. I like this. I was uh, thinking more like Chris Paul, guy who comes in for the Cliff, assist. Uh, Cliff Paul or Cliff Paul yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, I could see. Yeah, you could go mm, point. You could go uh, the point guard route. He needs some of the flash. No, nah, he needs some of the praise. You need. Yeah, you need yeah. someone who has explosive speed that can kind of. Uh, yeah, Jim's not that. Jim's. No. Jim's you need a, an NFL fullback. A guy whose sole oh, job is to Gore. hit somebody. Frank Gore would be a great one. Frank Gore would be a great guy to go on a road trip with. Frank Gore f- took, af- after I think uh, it was media day for the Niners yesterday, closeout, locker day, whatever, and he showed up with 15 pizzas for the me- for the local media. Yeah. So Frank Gore's cool in my book, man. So, I mean, if he ever wants to fly to Salt Lake, drop off some S-Day, I'm game. I'm not a fan of his team. But I would. I'm not a fan of. No, 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 no. I'm from my other potential candidate for a barback. Okay. The second baseman, Pedroia. Dustin Pedroia. Dustin Pedroia would be a great barback. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need, you can't have a guy too big. Because I work with another guy. Soft hands. About my height, you know. It's like we always say, two power. We got two power forwards here. What we need is a stretch four. We need a point guard behind us. Pablo Sandoval would be an interesting bar back. Because he would take up a lot of room, but he's so like athletic that he would just like, he would just like just like get through <laughs> everywhere, figure it out. Uh, he'd end up on the bar dancing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, you, what you really need is someone, uh, one of those guys uh, whoever takes a good punt return. Uh, Kyle Goon. Kyle Goon. Kyle Goon. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I guess Devin uh, Hester. Devin Hester. Dion. Dion. Prime time man. So, so speaking of, have you seen the U? Uh, no, I haven't. The but I've heard. On that? But I've heard it's. Very good. It's insane. Yeah. It's so, first of all, because I kind of came of age, you know, like going to high school when they, all during the uh, during the eighties when they're talking about this and stuff. But 
there is a such a revolutionary idea they had there where they uh, I think his name is Hattenborough. Is that the coach? I don't know. Harold Hattenberg. Look it up. You Wait, is this the U part two? Is that the yeah. one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I look up University of Miami and uh, whoever's coaching like 83, 84. It's uh, Double H. But um, he had this revolutionary thing. What he did is that he, said, he basically said the mid uh, – he, he, uh, he declared the – Oh, Howard Schellenberger. Schellenberger. Yeah. That's he's, the guy. Yeah, I think he's now coaching at like FIU or something. But anyways, go ahead. But he claimed all of central to southern part of Florida as the uh, state of Miami. And oh, then nice. when he's doing all these recruits, he was the, go- the guy going in there and uh, recruiting guys to come out to Miami at the time because he originally wanted to make it the, well, since Kevin's here, the Syracuse of the South, Ooh. you know, Harvard of the – Really? Yeah, but they were trying to do that. But they ended up having these uh, high school all-star teams out of Miami and Day- uh, Daytona Beach and stuff, yeah. and that's why those guys had such a connection with each other. You know, and then uh, they bring in uh, the two live crew, whole thing with Luke Skywalker and his engagement with this. And I mean, wait, actual Luke Skywalker? No, not the uh, not Mark not, not uh, Anakin Skywalker's son. Okay, but the uh, two, you know two live crew, right? Yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. We want yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> YouTube that listening audience. Yeah, let's <laughs> if you're stop still here right at the 32 there. minute, I'd love you. Wait, what, are we at minute 32? Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's a good podcast. Went, went by in flash. We only, I think we, I have my notes say we have like seven sports comments too. Really? <laughs> yeah, but right there, oh, seven. Yeah. Okay, one, two. Yeah, there's nothing interesting, man. I forgot what happened this year. What happened? This year? Yeah. Oh, Winter Olympics. Winter yeah. Olympics, yeah. World Cup. Winter Olympics, yeah. fake wolf in the a- in the athletes' dorms. Right. Do you guys remember that yeah. story when mm-hmm. everyone thought yeah. it was an actual wolf and everyone right. freaked out? And while there was the whole – all the issues with the oh, yeah. rooms not yeah. being yeah. ready. Not being ready. And yeah, World Cup, great point. Don't drink the water. The yeah, there was a lot. Th- that kind of goes to The greatest proposition bet that I missed in the Super Bowl, uh, going off at 50-1, to one, that the first score would yeah. be a safety. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That Super Bowl was nuts, man. No, I, I, I didn't really see that coming. It was kind of a boring Super Bowl. It, it, it was. That game got out of hand way too boring fast. Boring Super Bowl. Yeah. The finals were cool because the Spurs did Spurs stuff. Who won the NCAA? Who did win? Connecticut. UConn. Again? Did they? They yeah, did. And so did the women, too. The lady. Yeah. Kevin Ollie, man. Yeah. That's crazy. That was a good run. College basketball is, college basketball is dumb in that it's kind of like the like Major League Baseball. Is that like the Giants were probably the fifth, sixth best team in the league, yeah. and they won, and it, and UConn, and when they won a couple years ago, they were like an eight seed. Right. And they had uh, uh, Kemba Walker. Walker. Yeah. 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 So I guess there's that. What about golf this year? What no great storylines. Who won? Who won? Uh, who won the Masters? Yeah, that guy. Remember? Yeah. Bubba was the year before, right? Yeah. That was a good story, I guess. That was fine. The one where he hit it off the pine needles, and yeah. they said, "Oh, um, yeah." Uh, Bubba Watson is your 2014 Masters champion. Oh, he won again. It was Watson's second Masters victory in three years, oh, according wow. to he won again. Google. Well then, yeah. Golf so it was actually three years ago where he hit it off the pine needles because that was uh, his first one. Yeah, I mean, well, locally, you go back to um, the Olympics. Um, we have that famous photo of Noel Pike's pace right. that Chris Dietrich got. That was a cool story. That w- Which one was that? When she's celebrating with her family after oh, yeah. um, and after her run. He got in quite a bit of trouble with 
Russian officials because he was where he wasn't supposed, supposed to, be. to be. Yeah, it, it was actually cool. We uh, the editors were watching it um, in our meeting, and because um, NBC was, you, you could stream it too, and so we had it on a big screen, yeah. and we're watching it, and uh, the photo editor was talking, and he's like, "Yeah, so Chris, Chris Dietrich, the photographer who got the shot, he's like, yeah, Chris is that." There's Chris, right? We, oh, and we saw, saw him, him getting like, and we're like, why is that guy talking to Chris? Well, it turned out that Chris pretended he didn't understand the guy and just <laughs> walked past him and got like, up, like and good, he's like right there to get that shot. Yeah. Well, how um, many people speak Russian on the in this seventh? I actually think the honest. guy was speaking English. Oh, um, so how many people speak English? Yeah, well, but I guess well, when yeah. you're at the Olympics, you have the benefit of saying of pretending you're from anywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. And that shot of. Noel and the the crowd is awesome, um, and then there was the women ski jumpers who had yeah the first ever they thought that was going to be a big deal. What did we do? Did, did the did U.S. didn't did do well. But the Amer- what about um, hockey? We didn't not well. Uh, th- they uh, they beat the Russians. Uh, th- right. th- th- that oh, was that the, was a great game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they kind of the one that went out. to overtime. Yeah, and then um, I can't Kentucky remember. Derby. We had Psh, come on, bro. Whoa, <laughs> come on. Whoa. That's that's way too bougie for me. Mm. Bougie golf. I mean, I have no idea. I don't follow golf. Tiger doesn't play anymore, so I don't. I'm he one does. Of those he guys. just doesn't yeah. play well. Okay, so you're right. Well. You're yeah. right. Indianapolis 500. Of course, we all know who won that. Of course. It so was, we'll, we'll uh, just move on in the conversation. There's no reason even to say who was the first, second, third place winner in the the Indy 500 this year. Whoever got the hoisted glass of milk at the uh, finish line. Well, I guess Kurt Cragthorpe did a column about the best moments this year didn't he yeah yeah i can't remember i mean i'll just have to go i'll have to search it i'm wasting precious time on this podcast oh will you stop california chrome obviously won the kentucky derby california this year chrome. Um, i wonder what that is i wonder what that direct um explanation i, or I think that that would be a fun event to go to I, I have some friends who have gone yeah, to I've the Kentucky heard. Derby and said it is I a phenomenal event. I can't imagine a better event out there. Uh, except that if it's uh, – basically you go and you Hot stand in the infield. Contest. At uh, Nathan's. That's, that would be pretty amazing. But No. No? I, no. You don't want to see the reversal of fortune. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, I think, uh, I think what's nice about the Derby, this is why it's definitely a bucket list place for me to go to, is that you've got 117 years of tradition already built into it, or more than that. They've got a signature drink for it. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a couple of days leading up to the, the actual race itself. You have, quote-unquote, undercards underneath yeah. it. You know, it's a, it, I think it would be an amazing experience. All the women with their beautiful big hats, right? You know, church right. hats. Yeah, you know. and all the guys in their ridiculous, dumb, dumb and dumber suits. Yeah, you know, it's a spectacle. And then right next to those people, you're going to have, you know, like Billy Bob Ray Thornton Jr. Second, you know, from Nashville, yep. blah blah blah, with a wad of cha and a, you know, a spitter cup out of a, co- a Coors Light can, you know, in the same uh, same uh, vicinity. Good friend of mine got married at Churchill Downs. Oh, cool! And uh, had the the what is it the trumpeter or the bugler or whatever yeah. come play t- as they walk in oh that's cool um yeah we actually went down and placed a couple bets while we were there oh, that's wonderful uh, that's awesome yeah it, it looks like i'll tell you this though what uh what 2014 did is it really set up uh it's going to be pacquiao mayweather next year you think so i think you're going to do it i won't believe it until it happens man no I, I love that mayweather had the condition that for him to do this he needs a clause that he gets a rematch and yeah. so 
for me, that's like there's got to be the thought going on there. But they're usually uh, I was watching uh, what was it? It was uh, Crawford uh, Gamboa yesterday. Oh, it's just, it's just a repeat fight uh, that was happening. But they were saying because of the drawing power of Mayweather, he can pick any date on the calendar, and the hottest date of the year for boxing is. Boxing Day. No, it's not. It's twenty sixth of December. It's May fifth. It's Cinco de Mayo. That's mm-hmm. the that you'll see a majority of the biggest fights go off on that day. Yeah. Because of the, the markets of people who follow boxing still. Yeah. And uh, right now, uh, Mayweather was trying to put together just kind of a tomato can on that date, and uh, they're not able to bump. And I want to think it's going to be Bradley and Martinez, or I'm not. Maybe it's not Martinez. I'm not sure who it is, but this is the first time he can't bump a date. For this, and so I don't think he still has. I know he still has the drawing power. And I mean, it'd be like watching the Klitschko brothers go at it. Yeah. I mean, there would be no better boxing event than that. that. Be, That's number cool. one. Yeah. And I think number two is just going to be watching uh, Money Mayweather and uh, Pacquiao with what Pacquiao did this year, rebuilding his career. It's I think it's setting it up for what could the, be the yeah, fight that, of the tens. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be cool. That that's why boxing doesn't have the allure that it does anymore is that the best fighters don't necessarily want to fight each other yeah and i mean there are less great fighters but that fight would would attract fringe to not even fringe boxing fans people i think people i mean you'll have parties you'll have house parties that Mm -hmm. people want to watch i mean i'll watch that no and i'll host it yeah and we'll we'll come to my house and watch it yeah and i'll make you make your i'll make you make guacamole i'd be happy to yeah (laughs) but you know, what's, what stinks about boxing, and, you know, as a sports reporter, I always thought about this, like the three classic sports to cover as a reporter, and I have this, it would be baseball's number one, horse racing number two, and then boxing's number three. But the horses don't give good quotes, man. <laughs> but, but really rich white guy who owned, yeah. who owned these horses, and the trainers do. Sure, you yeah. know, And jockeys. I can't imagine anything more exhilarating than yeah, that. Yeah, ba- baseball and boxing would, I mean, that's like the original... But it, what stinks about it now is that if you're a boxing fan, it's a, it's akin to being a fan of like Discord Records, uh, punk yeah. in the '80s. Like it's almost a, it's a it's a niche. It doesn't have that. You're a hipster. Glow. Yeah, it's a, it it really is. It's a hipster sport to sort of follow. Well, and the problem is is and I, maybe this wasn't the case back in the day, but fights are now at like 10:30 at night. Yeah. Whereas like people that used to cover those fights would write really amazing stories on Deadline. And still managed to get them in, but now that's just impossible. But I guess that's why the internet exists. But I don't know. No, it just—it just seems like you know you romanticize what it would be like. You know, the cigar chomping reporter with his fedora cap, you know, pushed back just enough while he's clanking away on an old Remington there, watching the watching it go with the pop of the photographer. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm really am trying to glam romanticize this. Absolutely trying to romanticize it. And now when you watch Getting it, Getting shards of glass in their face. By now, it's <laughs> nothing but it's it's Takati girls and advertisement, you know, and Sun Casinos uh, written in markers on people's backs. And it just, for some reason, it does. I don't think it has a global appeal anymore. Boxing? Yeah. No, it doesn't. No. You know, and where you take MMA, it's that's a slam dunk. You know, I don't understand it, though, because you look at the NFL and essentially you're watching – people run into each other trying to hurt each other as much as possible boxing it's the same thing i mean it's people trying to run in it's an mma it's just bloodier boxing i i don't an mma is taking off so why isn't boxing what what is it that where's that disconnect why is it is it not bloody enough well is i think it, i mean i think mma has more um 
variations of skill and technique involved whereas boxing is boxing and MMA you can be uh, you could use kung fu you could use jujitsu you could use all these yeah. different things yeah, and you hit and you reach a broader audience and it's way. also I think people like watching as much as they don't want to see a car accident they want to see a car accident and when you start using words like arm bars you know, yeah. and submission holds yeah. it's hard Awful. not to, for me that's what turns me off on it whereas with boxing I know that garbage about the sweet science and stuff like that. I mean, I, I was, I've seen fights where it's, it's, it's just a clobber fest yeah. where they're throwing haymakers into it and stuff. But there just seems to be like, all right, you got to stay above the belt. You can't hit them from behind, you know, like you're not trying to dislocate yeah. shoulders, you know. And, and there takes a lot more skill with it. I don't know. I, 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 believe, I believe boxing is a little more skill-oriented. Now, that is not to say that mixed martial artists fighters, because I don't want anyone, you know, our three listeners at this point in time saying that, but – I think mixed martial artists, uh, I think they train as hard, if not harder, and they have to have much more of a skill set to be able to step into the octagon. But with boxing, you just have, you you have to be more perfected in one technique to be able to execute it and be very good at that skill set. Right, because you're playing by the same rules. Whereas with MMA, there are are rules, however, there are so many options within those rules that aren't there in boxing yeah you just can't eye gouge or hit people in the groin that's right. about it <laughs> so, right and i think right. those really are the two rules yeah i think i think uh, mma is better suited for an internet era you know where you can put a sizzle reel down on youtube of watching you know i want to i don't know why i wish tank abbott was still in the game but dude bones tank love tank man he was a weed tank tra- tank transcended <laughs> tank transcended like three different genres he like he could box he could mma he could wwe he could do whatever he wanted and he was ugliest sin and he was iconic looking. he was just like he was just like a, a rocking chair like <laughs> it was just like you can't like one arm would go forward and the other arm would come back and then you just have to make sure you don't get and in the way of one of those fantastic hook to the head hook to the body hook to the body hook to the head as he was doing this but when he was doing it he looked like a whirling dervish I mean, it was just—it was insane, and the whole thing is that it was very easy to defend. But if you got caught in the crossfire with him, you were toast. Yeah. True, toast. Go cartoon style. Put a couple of black X's on your eyes because you're eating canvas. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well. So what was the what was the highlight for you guys of 2014? Maybe what was the what was what was the best game you saw or the best thing you saw live? Is there something that stands out? A live or, or? Well, I mean either yeah. or. Uh, no, I, I like live. Well, or something you covered if you went if you went as a as a fan if you were if you were watching a crazy game at the bar if like the bar was crazy yeah. crazy attentively watching a TV or if you were at home I got three on top of my head okay one one would, in no particular no order. no no and I'm not ranking them yeah. uh, when I think it was Utah playing UCLA and they had to that kick, game yeah kick the second yeah. field goal yeah that was an intense that, game watching because I couldn't watch the TV behind me but I watched the fans the, the people in the bar about three hundred strong. That's convoluting right against the bar, and then they like walked. this. It, it was yeah, like the face from the movie Scanners. I have an interesting idea. You were at that game. I was you, at that game. I think it would be really interesting to to do like a photo series, and this is totally niche, totally hipster. So I apologize, but could you imagine have like being at a at a sports bar during a big event and just taking photos of oh, people's faces? Yeah. I wonder if that's been done. That's a coffee yeah. table book. That's yeah. the first off, it's a million dollar idea. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, number two. Number two, watching Madison Bumgarner pitch against yeah, the Minnesota up. Twins in uh, oh, yeah, early there. June. Yeah. He went, did he get lit up or did he? No, he uh, 8-1. The only run the Twins scored was in the ninth inning. Uh, Solo homer. He went eight in the third innings, and 
it was something like 12 Ks. But from uh, where I was sitting up in the stands, I was two seats away from where Bonds hit the uh, oh, 73rd. Yeah. And so from That's just awesome. the entire environment, the first time being AT&T and, that, and watching a master pitcher hold, hold yeah, a Yeah, it's funny workshop. that you – yeah, after – I mean, that was months and months before. Months and months. What, 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 what happened? But it That's was just it, amazing watching – watching him do his craft. And the third one, I want to say, was the 5A Girls Soccer Championship this year at Rio Tinto. And, uh, Davis. It's a, yeah, it was, it was Ireland. It was Davis, and it was Ireland Dunn uh, feeding. And I, I'm going apolog- to apologize so much to the girl that actually scored the goal. But Ireland Great Dunn name, man. charged through – and this is no hyperbole. She charged with, like, four defenders and then crossed the ball so perfectly that – when the girl that eventually scored it came off her right foot and it, when she went through the net, it got clobbered through the net with such authority. It silenced um, – who were they playing? I can't remember who they played. But, but Silence whoever they Copper played. Hills, I think? Yeah. Whatever the other saying. team. The other team. But uh, what what Ireland Dunn did with that cross was one of the most amazing things I witnessed That's an personally. amazing soccer name. Yes. It's good for her. Yeah. Oh, and she had personality, you know, and uh, – yeah, she, yeah, and she's going to the U too. Is she? Yeah. What about you, Ben? Kev. Kev. Yeah. Ben Kev. Yeah. Um, I, I three come to mind as well. Uh, the one on TV, and I, I don't know why it was, it was a regular season game between the Reds and the Cubs, and it was the uh, top of the ninth. It was in Cincinnati. There were two outs, and the Cubs were down by whatever, whatever it was. Cubs I think fan. there might have been a couple guys on base. And it was Javier Baez against uh, Aroldis Chapman. Mm. And I said to Jeannie, I go, one or two things is going to happen. He's going to strike out on three pitches, or he's going to hit a ball that lands in Canada. <laughs> and um, Jeannie's like, okay. That landed in. What's that? What, what's Cincinnati on the edge of? Kentucky? Kentucky. Yeah. So he hit a ball. At, uh, yeah, yeah, across yeah. the river into across Kentucky. Across Ohio. <laughs> so uh, he, two strikes, and then and Baez swings as hard as he absolutely can. And, you know, Chapman throws 102, yeah. 103. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a fastball, and Baez swings as hard as he could and uh, flew out. The, the uh, outfielder caught it with his back against the wall. I was like, man. or that. Or, so, or option three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the one that was the most meaningful for me, and I, you know, it's just because of the history, uh, was watching the – and I know it's dumb for many, the men's uh, oh, yeah, NCAA volleyball. volleyball national championship match. and Because Loyola, Chicago won it, and that's where I went to, yeah, where yeah. I did undergrad, and I was a big volleyball fan. I knew um, I knew a lot of the guys, and they had actually started the program when I was there. Um, my freshman year was the, uh, the first year that they had a team. Wow. And that's so um, so to see them win the national championship on their home court was – I was watching it um, on the computer um, at home, and my wife was out, it, so I, was, I had both girls at home. And my older daughter was like, "Daddy, Daddy, why do you keep cheering?" I was like, "You'll never understand, Julia. <laughs> Just wait." Um, Neither do I, all of our listeners. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. The, the best one in person was um, I was at the Utah U- USC game, and yeah. it was down on the field um, when well, Utah was down that. for that last yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first time that I'd ever been on the field when it was stormed, when mm-hmm. fans stormed the field. And, Terrifying. Um, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to die. I thought for sure yeah. when they stormed the field that you're going to die. Yeah. Um, well. 
granted, I'm a little bit tougher to knock over than a 120 pound you know, freshman try. girl, but try it. Um, You're the tank that, that was of cool. digital yeah. editors here. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was cool. It was cool to to be there. How about you, Chris? Yeah, Chris. Um, Odell Beckham's catch. I, I I was on the couch. I mean, this was just a few weeks ago, yeah, but yeah. I was on the couch like doing something dumb, pointless on my computer, and I looked up and I saw like Eli throw that ball. I yeah. Uh, and I was like, hmm. Like you think that. I mean, you, you watch football enough, and you think that ball is just totally overthrown. Right. overthrown. Yeah. And then, like, you see it just, like – Hyperextending just, just, yeah, just behind reach his back. head. And the craziest part of that whole thing is how, like, he just caught it. Like, it didn't wiggle in his hand. He came down and just, like – yeah. That was insane. Um, the World Cup, Brazil losing 7-1. to one. I think they got four goals scored on them in six minutes while they were the host nation in the semifinals. I was watching that game with Aaron Falk at his house, and we were like, every, every time a goal a goal happened, we were just yeah. like, "This is weird." And then it just happened, it happened, it happened. And obviously, you look at Twitter, and everyone's just melting down over this thing. This, I mean, you, it's hard to put into context what that what that means. You know, what that would mean to the U.S. Like. I, there is nothing. There's. I don't think there's anything that uh, you could put on par with with a, Brazil hosting a World Cup, right. having a, a championship caliber team, and to lose epically like it would that. Be I mean, like I, uh, the Amsterdam All Star boys men choir coming over here and just thumping the uh, New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Totally. Yeah. No, that's maybe that's a little too much because I don't. Boys choirs are pretty tough. There's that. Um, no, it, that was that was something I couldn't believe it because it started looking more and more like a uh, you know, like a like a football score, you know, American football. Yeah, I, I was in the office and I didn't have the game on, and you kept hearing people yell, "Oh!" And you're like, "All right, they scored," <laughs> and "Oh!" and you're like, "Oh man, they're replaying the goal." <laughs> and then you, you look at Twitter and you're like, "Oh no, they're not." Yeah, that was crazy. There's Good that. One, Chris. Um, trying to think. Well, for me, Giants World Series run, mm. just every game. Uh, while the well the World Series was insane, I think for me the Ishikawa hitting the walk off home run to win the pennant, which is like absurd. Like that, that was, you, you can't you can't I mean that's just as good as it gets. The only thing that would trump that would be winning the World Series on a walk off home run. That was like, like Joe Carter. Aaron, that was like Aaron Boone with the uh, Yankees. Yeah, with Red the Yankees. Sox, yeah. And when he just clobbered that yeah. ball to left field. Yeah, well, and the crazy thing about that is you don't Ishi- expect Boone or uh, Ishikawa, well, Ishikawa to do it. Well, Ishikawa started the season in Pittsburgh as their like second option at first base, mm-hmm. and he ended the season as a left fielder with the Giants hitting this home run. Just totally absurd. It's a great um, story. Bumgarner's game seven. That was it was that was ridiculous. And also, I I mean we haven't really talked about this, and there's no time, but just how crazy football was this year and not on the field, just all the off the field stuff. I mean, that was something we talked about a lot throughout the year in the podcast, but all of the off the field stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's what I would say. Well, that's, it's kind of a good place to end for uh, today. Uh, And who would have thought that uh, it it was a lunch at uh, Chunga's when we decided, you know, guys, we should really get the podcast going when, again. When was that? Was that like 34 in, episodes ago? Was that like Oh, well, I mean, this is 34 now, so so that was probably like May, June. Yeah, it would have been uh, mid to late spring. Yeah. We decided, yeah, yeah you know, let's do go, this. We need to go back to Chunkas. 
Yeah, we do. In fairness, we didn't run the first episode. That's true. So it You're is right. Dude, that when, You're right. We're, when we're famous, people are going to be that's like, a that's, a, that's a B-side. That's, that's going to be worth that's a That's a Star dollars. Wars Christmas show. That one is like it should be heard once and then burnt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that should not. Like some other of the episodes, it should never be heard. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, to everyone listening at this point, all one of them. That uh, oh. uh, is the last one of... 2014, but don't forget to tease to the first oh, yeah. one of 2015, Benny. So coming into 2015, we're going to be starting off the show right with a slam dunk of a guest. The, uh, the lieutenant governor of the great state of Utah, Mr. Spencer J. Cox, will be joining the program. Hopefully, Chris is going to be with us at on that episode. Oh, you got, I can't. You got to have Chris. Gonna, Chris will I, be here. No, but uh, Lieutenant Governor Cox is going to be joining us, and he'll be doing a lot, uh, basically, kind of giving you the state of the union, state of the state for uh, athletics here in Utah. He wants to talk some Utah State, some Utes, some Jazz. Uh, probably get a little RSL out of the guy. If you're not following him on Twitter, this is the plug for the Lieutenant Governor. It's at Spencer J. Cox. Uh, for my man, uh, Chris Camrani, it's at Chris Camrani, C-A-M-R-A-N-I. Hey. Hey. Uh, Mo for Kevin Winter Morris. Follow the podcast <laughs> at Trib Sports Radio. I'm Benny Raskin on Twitter. Give us a call. On iTunes, do us a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Uh, so, uh, obviously, the five-star rating is what we want. And then kill us in the comments section. Uh, We hope everyone has a wonderful uh, 2015. Be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next year. Bye-bye. Bye, Kyle. Kyle. For Tribune Sports Radio, this is Ben Raskin. Our weekly podcast is recorded every Tuesday. Subscribe to the show on iTunes at Trib Sports Radio. And while you're there, please rate the show and give us some comments to help improve the podcast. All of our reporters' work can be found at sltrib.com. Please follow us on Twitter at Trib Sports Radio. Tweet us questions, and the fellows will be happy to answer them. Or if you feel like writing an email, send it to Tribune Sports Radio, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.